to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. I'm here with Paul and Lucas. Hello, Paul and Lucas. Hello. Hello, Paul and Hello, Lucas. Lucas and Mike. And because it's our 50th episode, we have a couple of friends of the show, both our readers. Hold up. <laughs> Who are we talking to? Our Norwegian. Norway. Oh, says the Norwegian. Uh, Willkommen uh, Oslo. <laughs> anyway, uh, friend of the show, Chris. Friend of the show, Luke. Hello, friend of the show, Chris. Friend of the show, Luke. Hello. Hello. How are you? How are you, you doing? Welcome, welcome. Step in. We're going to do this in the command module, which is where we run all the operations on the hilltop. Uh, yeah, mind your heads. Just step through. Uh, take a seat. No, not there. Not there. That's Martin. Do you yeah, genuinely good. listen? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, religiously, yeah. And I, and I will just clarify, I've never been to Norway. Right. I've been to Denmark. It's basically the same thing, isn't it? I'm just surprised we've actually got some genuine listeners. Um, we're actually talking to them. We're nudging double figures, I reckon. Oh, oh envious. Now, Luke, at some point, will tell us about his podcast, The Dice and Die Show, uh, but That's we'll get to it. that in a bit. You've got loads more listeners and followers than we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a different... Different league, league. to us. Yeah. I don't know about that. Big league. I mean, just think of the marketing opportunity of speaking to the other seven readers of the Billing Hilltop podcast. I assume, Chris, you've already listened to Luke's podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Long-term listener to Luke's. A little bit more sweary than yours, but um, yeah. <laughs> We've been a lot calmer recently. We, we kind of made a decision earlier on this year to maybe try and curb it a little bit. When we started last year, there was a lot going on in the country. We got quite irate about it a few times. But... <laughs> have you met Dan? Yeah, Dan. We have to cut a lot of Dan out. <laughs> Chris and Luke. Where are you up to? The latest episode. What one was that? 38? 38? 38 or 39, something like that. The last episode, there was just lots and lots of discussion about what you should do with the um, gems or diamonds oh, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you should Ooh. use them or destroy With them the or vision. give them to some bird or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, it, was, it, was that in a cave? Yeah. Yes. That was in the with cave. With yeah, a, that was in the cave. Testy Pod was there. SD. Oh, yes. He's our man. <laughs> he is. When did we do that then? That was... That January. Was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, was yeah, it? Oh, my God. So that's what I mean about being in the command module. It's really odd talking about mm. stuff that we did in January now in our weird time loop. But actually, we're in August. In fact, we're on the 12th of August. What is it, sir? Wibbly, wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. This is what all this machinery does. That was that weird sensation as you came in through the door. Oh, I thought I just wet myself. <laughs> no, that's the... That's Paul, that smell. Oh, <laughs> 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 Oh, just you wait. <laughs> so now, uh, what are we going to talk about? D&D? Oh. Let's have some feedback, some criticism. Uh, feedback and criticism. You don't agree with Lucas's um, character build choices, do you, Luke? I think you've established that. <laughs> well, it works out okay, yeah. I do, I do think the dip into Druid was a bit of a mistake, but... <laughs> Mike's trying to just get some controversy in here. This is it. He's, he's been, he's he's been saying some, this Mike. for months now. He's been like, yeah. I've got to get you on. I've got to... Got to get you to confront each other <laughs> like you just want some drama yeah. the rest of us can just sit back now go for it guys <laughs> your real name isn't Lucas is it Luke no just Luke oh okay that's a shame otherwise you could have gone that's not the real Lucas I'm the real <laughs> Lucas <laughs> the real Lucas please stand up <laughs> Chris what characters to sort of listen out for which characters do you like I just don't think you can beat a retreating barbarian really um, <laughs> so Uncle Buggy you know it's, it's, uh, Uncle it's Buggy. Which, which, like Uncle Buggy yeah, which, which direction will run next <laughs> as it has been your your 50th episode what yeah. has been your personal highlights well now what do you think lucas um what 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 happened in the past so we've been in the gems um, <laughs> here we go yeah you see i'm on the spot now <laughs> the reality comes true yeah they don't remember anything <laughs> oh i actually uh, the chank fankum oh you like chank fankum yeah that's chank. Chank. 
Fankum. Undisputed. Might be a bit more Chank Fankum in the future, by the way. I think Ooh. visiting Hestia at home was mm. particularly okay. enjoyable. In his, his, in his lovely dressing gown. Yes, in his testicles. I thought Absolutely, that was. Absolutely, I'd agree with that. Not that I'm yeah. part of the show, but that's probably one of my favourite characters from any. And the songs. Any, oh, the song, yeah, definitely. Any actual play I listen to, I think. And that song was brilliant. I mean, that was the moment I fell in love with you guys, I think. The song? Not just yeah. the song, just the character. It's just bonkers. And it's quite funny listening to the group try and react to that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a character in the original um, Adventure Path called Alistan, who's like a sort of Gandalf kind of mentor figure and I mean I don't know I just couldn't do that really I just uh, I don't know anyway just come up with a silly voice absolutely yeah I don't know if I really have a highlight you know the bits I enjoy are the bits where we're playing playing and I'm not really worrying about I don't know editing yeah actually I did enjoy the uh, phase with the lizard folk when yeah. Hillary turned up and uh, I thought that went on a bit but yeah I loved the lizard folk absolutely mm. loved it couldn't, couldn't get enough of them <laughs> oh well that's cracking to hear actually. that's very good to hear because I honestly thought um, after about five episodes of uh, lizard folk that that was kind of enough by the time this goes out we'll be deep into the uh, Hall of Harsh Reflections which is book four and it's very very different in kind of feel it's much more um, how would you describe it chaps well it's quite complicated and it's in even star so it's not you know a dungeon crawl style got a huge city map and you can sort of say well should we go there or there choices we couldn't afford to build even star obviously for the show we had to record the whole thing in Waterdeep without a permit <laughs> <laughs> bribes were paid yeah well we spent all the money on the dark cathedral and that's kind of blown the budget for the and that and that lizard folk layer cost a fortune uh, is the, the keep that, that keeps sounding there <laughs> massive. We were playing it kind of theatre of mind. <laughs> yeah. The idea of this is great big plane and the hordes attacking this keep, and this idea of this enormous castle. And it's, kind of it's like five squares by five squares or something. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've just Googled it now, yeah. And, uh, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely time. Uh, we couldn't believe it. I mean, three dead horses take up about three quarters of one in the building. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. Which is bigger than the, the keep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but we, we just don't have the money to do this kind of stuff properly. Otherwise, we would have, you know, we'd have the proper keep and the works. But anyway, there we go. We would have had a proper barbarian as well. I'm just really grateful you guys listen. Yes, we're really, really yeah, grateful that you guys amazing. listen. Otherwise, we're really just editing it. Honestly, just editing and sticking for it ourselves. Out <laughs> for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And we don't well, even listen to it. Yeah. We should talk about Operation Weatherspoons. Right. <laughs> we don't have any ambitions around this silly show of ours. Honestly, 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 we'd just be playing this adventure anyway. The only ambition we have is that Johnny is somehow convinced that he is going to become famous enough. <laughs> <laughs> so that at some convention or somewhere, someone is going to overhear him talking at the bar at Weatherspoons and go, I know you, I know your voice. Aren't you Johnny from the Billowing Hilltop? Let me buy you a pint. <laughs> That's it. That's all it we need. Sounds perfectly feasible. Yeah. yeah. The problem with that is that well, he's always asleep, so no one's going to know his voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we go, we must talk to Luke about his wonderful show, The Dice and Die Show. Luke, tell us about The Dice and Die Show. Why should we listen to it and everything about it? Because we're the best Tory bashing D&D podcast in the UK. That's why. 
<laughs> right. What more do I need to say? Really? Not much. Not much. What do you? Fantastic. Well, we're fans. Of course you are. <laughs> are you playing? Well, we're playing, of course, Curse of Strahd at the moment, actually. Oh, horror-themed stuff. Mm. Classic, classic stuff. Which is Ravenloft in... Ravenloft, yeah, that's or... right. Oh, Ravia okay. or something, I think they called it. I don't know. It's good. Uh, we're a couple episodes into that season as we're recording. Um, I think we're on episode five today. Right. Of course, when this goes out, we'll be another six months down the road. I don't know about you guys. I mean, you were playing anyway. We weren't. COVID happened and no one could see each other and we were going mm-hmm. crazy and uh, I had a friend who had never played before who asked me if I could run a game online and I was like yeah sure got a couple other players as well who hadn't played and we just kind of snowballed from there and eventually yeah. we released it as a podcast so we had like yeah. 100 downloads a week that's 10 times more than us <laughs> lucky lucky bastards I mean, it's a typical actual play only we're a bunch of angry Brits who swear a lot and get very very drunk excellent we do have tangents mm. where we will discuss what's everyone been up to this week, what films have you watched, and what's happened in the news, and we'll catch up with each other's lives because we're just a bunch of mates having fun, and then we play D and D and get drunk. Excellent. Well, there we go. <laughs> well, I well I implore and beseech our other seven readers to go and find the Dyson Dice Show. People can find you on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, Google, and, Spotify, yeah, Stitcher, lovely. anything you like. I had a lovely message just a couple of days ago on Facebook from Canada saying how much he loves the show. Uh, so we're doing something right we had a message on Facebook uh, why would I want to listen to a bunch of idiots British or otherwise you need to work on your promotional technique <laughs> <laughs> thanks Phil that's, that's, that's fantastic thanks for coming along to talk to us about our show it's very kind of you to do so it's nice to get a couple of our readers on for our 50th episode there's no point in me doing the please rate and review because the only people who ever listen to uh, this are uh, here already done it mate you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can email us at hello at billowinghilltop.com and Paul will read yeah. your message out loud. Um, Privately. At home. Not on the show. Just, <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Without further ado, let us get on with, I can't believe I'm saying this, episode 50 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast, Snake Battle and Roll. Congratulations on reaching episode 50. It is the big well, five. Oh, 50. Yes. Half a our, century. Our podcast has finally wow. qualified for the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that we have made it to 50 episodes. Unbelievable. Might, I suspect, be the last episode as well of the Billowing Hilltop podcast, but we will see. Oh, I see. You're th- you think you're going to kill us, do you? <sighs> I think that you are in some trouble. Yeah, more trouble. I mean, I think things have ramped up. Things have definitely <laughs> ramped up. What, two purple things and a snake? That's what she said. <laughs> Bit of slight understatement going on there, I think. Since we got into book four, things have ramped up, I think. Um, and this is definitely a different, you know, um, a, a phrase that always makes sense in D&D. This is a different level, as we're about to discover. Who screwed up the recap last week? Uh, Johnny. Johnny. I can do a recap this week. No, no, I Johnny. I think you... I can remember what happened. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, free no, passes. no, no. Here we go. It. So let's roll a D8. Missing out, uh, Johnny. Uh, this week, one, two, three, four, five, six. It is Dan. Well, I did it last time. I stepped in. Yeah, he did it last time. I, I no, but it's fine. It. It's fine. It's fine. Do you think you can remember? So we're in. We're, we're trying to find the lair of the Mind Flare. But I think you've, you've probably found as well. Yeah, but but um, it seems to we found an entrance in the the uh, sewers, and it seems to be fairly significantly guarded. <laughs> Let's put it that yeah. way. 
Yeah. You know, with traps and molds and funguses and magic traps and monsters and guys with purple skin and just, you know, everywhere you look, there's some kind of nasty. I think that's a very good summary of where we are. Uncle Buggy has uh, done what he, unless he's looking for another, as Lucas's phrase, another front line, never this front line. Uh, Uncle Buggy has has kind of um, careered into this complex of caverns and has found himself at a large cavern facing off against this strange purple-skinned figure, female figure, who seems to be in the process of casting some kind of enchantment not quite sure what that is he's run through a cavern with um a pool and a little stream running from it from that pool has emerged a giant or a large anyway serpentine creature that has worked its way towards parker parker is in the little in a little passageway the foot of a cliff um, trying to, but failing to climb it in order to do battle with these more of these little well, not any skin. longer. Weirdo, I think yeah, I'm giving up longer. on that one. Well, you may not even. <laughs> Let's see how much of Parker is left at the end. Of this. <laughs> and then, back in the main, in the in the entrance cavern, we still have a bit of a kind of. Well, it's let's face it, it's a bit shambolic. We have a rear guard. Uh, purple. We have Alice. Oh, yeah, rear guard is a very um, rear guard is a is a the new front. Yeah. It's a, yes, it possibly. Yes, it could be the new front. Um, sessions, uh, a, a an imaginary session, a pretend sessions that's been uh, projected by the real sessions, Purple uh, and Alessandra, who have, have frankly have struggled to get themselves through a patch of yellow fungus, yellow mold, and into the main complex. I'm going to pick things up with this a lightning bolt. This serpent thing that's emerged from the water has swoopled round into the center of this cavern to your north parker swoopled swoopled draws a line from it to you and zaps you with a lightning bolt you are in the position of having to make a saving throw i believe yes a dexterity saving throw i'm guessing okay it was a dc 14 dexterity save please uh, because it's a new session of course you've got your orc dice dc 14 back. you take half of the following as a lightning bolt spears down the passage towards you. Well, it's 45 points of damage on 98, which is really good. (laughs) So you take 22 points. 22. I mean, that was one, two, three eights, and two sevens, a five and two ones. That is a pretty um, extraordinary roll. That is a meaty roll. And this thing hisses at you. Uh, and says, where is my tribute? And, Parker, these uh, shadowy figures above you decide to pepper you with um, crossbow bolts. The first one hitting armor class 22. Mm, yes. Oh, oh, you take a D6 plus 4. You take 10 points of piercing damage and you've got to give me a DC uh, uh, 13. No, I, well, no, I don't. Right, what have you got? I have my deflect missiles. You can Mm. use your reaction to deflect or catch the missile when you're hit by a ranged weapon. Okay. When you do so, the damage you take from the attack is reduced by 1d10 plus 9. How much did you do on me again? I did 10. Right. So, So if you... That's basically reduced by 10. 
Yeah, if you so, reduce the damage to zero, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the general idea. Free hand, you can spend one key point to make a ranged attack within a range of twenty sixty. To what you mean? You're going to throw the? You're going to throw it back? So I can grab the dart. Well, I'm going to actually, I'm going yeah, to yeah. make a ranged attack on this bloody serpent thing. Oh, it can have uh, poison dart. It's a disadvantage, yeah, because it's outside the twenty foot first ranging. Yes, there's a disadvantage. Okay, that's a 20. So, hold on. Oh, that's a 10. Well, 10 is not enough, obviously. And was it ever going to be? And then the other one has a shot at you. And now you've annoyed me. Come on. 12, they hit someone class 19. That's not going to be enough. Miss. Because of your stupid armor class, because of the stuff I gave you. Uh, the 17 is also a miss, and it's very disappointing. Let us turn to what's going on with this weird personage that's with Bugraft. I think she she's had a go before I've had my go. She's already been. It's my round now. For um, cinematic purposes, I told you about her stepping out and uh, starting something, and then I moved across. She is clearly casting some kind of enchantment around you, Bugraft. You're not quite sure what it is, so this is to be happening in the kind of area of cavern uh, where the cavern with the pool and the main ca- and the big cavern that you're going into, where they join that sort of open area of, of cavern floor. Something's happening there. What do you mean something? Can you be a bit more specific? I thought you didn't want me to tell you. Uh, you're, um, you could feel an inner ear pressure. The grit and dust on the cavern floor seems to be kind of jiggling about as if... As if she's summoning an earth elemental. As if she's summoning something, yes. <laughs> Precisely. As if she's summoning something in that, that gap between... Uh, yes, exactly. Your ears? Yes, you get the sense that something is there. something is happening, something is either being brought into being, it might be a, an actual thing that she's summoning, it could be an, effi- an effect, a magical effect. But whatever it was, she seems to have uttered some incantation, raised her hand towards you, spoken this incantation, and this effect has started. What would you like to do? Because it is now your turn, Bugraft. Right. Um, are there any other people in the room apart from this? these two people? One on you the can't left. see anymore because you threw yourself down a little side passage. You can make out her and you know about one person on the slope leading up to the right-hand side of the room, but you didn't see anybody else. You got the sense from your perception check earlier that there were multiple signals in there. So you think there probably are more people in the shadows, but just beyond your uh, vision. Do I get a perception check? Can I move south back into this room? Yes, of course you can. Okay, Malcolm. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Well, so, so you see, as you run in, you see this, this giant snake figure. Right, I'm running out, I'm bashing it. Okay. I'm raging. Arr, I'm going to start raging. Okay, so you start raging. A second rage. Yes. And I will do a reckless attack, which means... I gain advantage mm-hmm. on the first attack during the turn. They have advantage against me until my next turn, so the poison effect cancels out. I'm just attacking normally. Understood. I'm using a frost brand, so I'm going to bash. 23 is a hit. It didn't expect you to come. Well, I think it might. You think it might have got the sense of you having moved through its space. Yep. You've slightly blindsided it. It's surprisingly little head on this giant body kind of whips round and hisses at you as you turn the corner. 
Okay, well I do 18 points of damage, five of which is frost. Okay, yep, fine. Um, but um, the frost doesn't seem to have any special effect on it, but it didn't like that very much. And then I'm going to hit it again. Mm-hmm. Alright, 21. Is it is also a hit. 15. Okay, so you've done a total of 33 points of damage on it. Yep. And that seems to have, uh, yeah, that seems to have wounded it quite, you know, significantly. I mean, not, you know, it doesn't seem to be in peril, but that wasn't, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't like a little nibble. That was quite a, a proper uh, smack, burple. Your, okay, so moving up the corridor, mm -hmm. you can see Parker ahead of you. You can see this ledge on your right. It's just the angle's an absolute pig for you. Yes. Uh, can I have a ruling? If I mm -hmm. were to, being invisible. Yes. If I were to extend my rope of climbing, would mm -hmm. it would it also be invisible? I'm going to say yes, because I can't see how... You, where would you draw the line at what point it became visible and invisible on the actual rope, right? The first two feet surely wouldn't be visible. You wouldn't be, like, as soon as you start... If you took a, re a normal piece of rope and you and you paid it out while you were invisible, right? Would you expect that rope to suddenly appear and reveal where you were? No. So I think because it's on your person, I'm going to be nice. I'm not, by the way, uh, um, uh, what's the word, enshrining this as a rule for the future forever. But in this instance, having to think about it at short, in short notice, I'm being going to be nice. I'm saying that the rope is invisible as long as you're holding onto it. If I climb it, am I still, uh, I'm still holding onto it, right? I'm still holding onto it, yeah. Okay. So I move in further up the corridor to below the ledge and extend my rope of climbing 10 foot yeah. up. Okay, it appears and it's obvious where you are. I was lying. And they no. go, get him! Thanks. Alessandra, it's your action. Alessandra's going to ready an action to shoot at any of these bolts. You can just make their, form, their forms out on the ledge. You think it would be a shooting at disadvantage from where you well, currently are. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till one of them pokes their head out so I can take yes. a proper shot at it. If it, if they I understand. poke their head out and shoot at Burple or Parker or... Yeah, got it. Parker? I'm going to move ahead towards the snake within yep. 15 foot of it. Snake! And then I'm going to activate my fangs at the fire snake. Oh, God. Yes. You can spend one key point to increase your reach. Yes, to 15 so feet. I think we've I will do yeah. unarmed strikes on it, two of them. The first one being a 12. 12 is a miss. Uh, the second one being a 23. 23 is definitely a hit. Oh, so that's four points, plus another key point as uh, an extra d10. Okay. It is, ooh, 10 points. So it's 14 in total, right? It's 14 in total. And Doesn't then like very much. I will do my flurry of blows. Mm -hmm. That's uh, 14. 14 is a miss. It's a 16. Yeah, 16 is a hit. Six points and my last key point. Wow, really? Okay. For another four. Another four points of yeah. damage added onto that. And you, uh, you've lost your keys, basically. Well, it just laughs at you. It says, Never use the powers of a snake against a snake. And all the damage you have done, it just kind of ripples. It seems to actually heal as a result. No, not really. <laughs> uh, sessions. So I will... Uh, oh, your sessions is... You're not... Are you, po you are poisoned. Yeah. No, I'm not. I did 
Oh, you did a restless restoration. restoration last Sorry. week, didn't you? Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to step out of the nasty space. Yes. I'm going to wander up the passageway. Yes. And then I will do... Can I see this one that Parker was up there somewhere? I don't know where Parker's gone. Parker's long gone. Parker's run off. I see. Okay. Anyhow, this one that you uh, can it, looks you wounded. Can, it, yeah. There are f if you can make out a form on the ledge, you're going to be. It depends. If it's an attack roll, it's a disadvantage. Uh, no, it's going to. I'm going to toll the dying on it. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to make a saving throw. Uh, what's the DC? Wisdom 14. It failed that saving throw. That is annoying. Is it wounded? He. It is wounded. It is the only wounded one. It was wounded yeah, by... So, uh, that's 2d12 then. <laughs> I think it was wounded by Bugraft earlier, was it? It's taken five points of damage. It's now taken another ten points of damage. Okay, 15, yeah. And then just to kind of confuse it, I will uh, move... Oh, uh, well, I see what you're doing. I will move other me up there to... Uh, Low raspberries at them. Gotcha. This snake thing. Well, first of all, let's do the people on the ledge. Is there a role I have to make sessions to not be defooled by the uh, fake sessions? I mean, assuming these things can see, I mean, they are hold hanging back a bit, but they can see a little bit of the passageway, so they can probably see that there are two sessions. Is what I'm really trying to work out is. I can't think of any if you interact with it, should yeah, I was going to say, I can't think of any somewhere. real reason why they would know. It, well, yeah, it's an illusion, isn't it? So, if, if uh, one of them fires an arrow through it, the other yeah. If they don't interact with it, though, that's their own problem. Okay, so first of all, uh, one of them steps to the edge of the ledge. Uh, Alessandra, you're ready to action. You could take a shot at one of them. It's got Adam, some cover, but it's edge. no longer at disadvantage. Okay, do an attack. Adam, edge of the ledge. And an arm class 18. Arm class 18 is a hit, even with the cover. Doing seven points of damage. Seven points of damage on that one. Yes. Anything else from your ready to action? That's, that's it. That's a ready to action. And it pings a shot at... It has a choice of... Well, Alessandra's sort of... Mm -hmm. No, it could pick either Alessandra... And then there are two sessions. So one, two, it's Alessandra. Three, four, it's real sessions. Five, six, it's false sessions. Everybody understand that? Yeah. But Alessandra's uh, going to have a bit of cover. Alessandra has got a bit of cover, but he goes for real sessions. Or, well, it goes for real sessions. That's annoying. It is annoying. Uh, hitting armor class, nothing. Rolling a three, just absolutely hopeless. The n another one steps out to the edge. Uh, this this time, there is no ready action from... Um, Alessandra. It's going to make the same roll. It's basically picking targets randomly. It goes for the fake sessions. Does it hit it, though? I mean, I assume... Well, yes. Well, I guess it goes straight through it. 19. Oh, well, okay, so 19 would be sessions. So, yeah, it would hit. Yeah, so it, it, it knows that, that's, that there's nothing that... Well, I'm going to... I think to be scrupulously fair, if it's shooting... No, it's going to know. It's going to know. And then the last one, and it goes... Please pretend... And then the last one leans out and goes for one to three, Alessandra, four to six real sessions. Well, four to six sessions. It goes for Alessandra. Alessandra's got a bit of cover. What's your armor class, Alessandra? A lot more than that. Two. Doesn't matter. Okay, that's them. Now, the Naga, because it is a Naga Thank and you. not a water weird. Thank you. Spirit Naga is going to 
I think it might take an attack opportunity. Actually, no, it doesn't need to take an attack opportunity. It just needs to die. He's going to walk round Bugraft to the north without leaving Bugraft's um, threatened range. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then he's going to cast a lightning bolt. I don't know if it can go through that rock column, though. I, it might. It'll cast it down the middle line there. That's what it'll do. Yes. So it's going to cast a lightning bolt directly to its south, uh, attack affecting creatures on either side of a line down the series of squares. Bugraft and Parker, can you please both make dexterity saves? DC uh, 14 uh, as it fires a lightning bolt down between the two of you. Oh, and uh, Burple as well. Can you also make a dexterity save, DC 14? Um, I've got... I, I'm poisoned, so I guess I get disadvantage. No, not on saving throws. It's only on ability checks and attack rolls. Ah, oh, right. Well, I've got a danger sense, which gives me advantage on... on Dex saves. No, you wanted me to say that you had disadvantage. Yes, yeah, so I cancel that. Yes, but so no, anyway, I I, I'm rolling at advantage. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, okay. Well, roll at advantage. DC no, 14. Dex save. Dexterity save. Yep. Oh, dear. Ooh, ooh. Okay, the other one. Come on. 17. Uh, damn it. <laughs> and Parker? Parker. Yeah, that's oh, a made save. Well. 16. Half off. So you take half of the following damage. Half of this. Oh, that's nowhere near as good a roll. 34. So 17 points of damage. And I take half of that because I'm raging. So you take 8 points of damage. That's the Naga. Now. Um, sorry, can I um, interject? Oh, you want to use your thunder? I'm using it? my. I'm not. It's probably been too lightly, so I'm using a thunder uh, reaction. Wrath of Storm, Thunder, and I'm using my Channel Divinity, which maximizes it. Can you uh, just so tell me about the... the um, can, can, you, can you give me the power, please? When a creature within five foot that you can see hits you with an attack... Yeah, it's not an attack, it's a lightning bolt. It doesn't count as an attack. Nope. It didn't say melee attack. I think it means it has to make an attack roll. That's my ruling. It just says attack. What does the council think? Uh, what does the spell say? It says when a creature within five feet of you hits you with an no, attack. No, lightning spell. Lightning, lightning bolt. bolt. If you just... Um, well, you don't make an attack roll. Yeah, I guess it doesn't say attack in there. A stroke of lightning forming a line 100 feet long blasts from you in the direction you choose. It's not an attack. No. It's a... I'm afraid it's a an effect. I mean, it is an attack, clearly. It would go... In, it would go... It would come visible under those criteria. But I think the idea is that you're struck by something within five feet of you. I don't think it counts. Even though he's right next to me. Is I it barbarian or cleric domain? It's a barb... Uh, no, it's cleric. Tempest cleric. Doesn't really help us. I just Has got it. an attack? Is attack in a capital letters or in italicised? No. No. Sod it. Have it. You could Google it. No, I'm not going to bother. The priestess thing of the other cavern has got the same power, so... Which one is it? Which power? The Wrath of Storm, page 4062 on the DM's guide. Uh, okay, well, I think the first thing it says when a creature within five... Oh, it is within five feet. It's within five feet, yeah. It's an attack. Hits you with an attack. It's the hits bit that makes me feel that there has to be an attack. Hits, yes, I would say it's probably an attack. It's a melee thing. There you go. Graham's taught me out of my generosity. So, uh, that doesn't But they're work. usually quite good, clever with wording on the player's handbook. They would normally say a melee attack, range attack. Yeah, but I mean, an I think attack. Attack is is all encompassing, so it could be. Let me just ask the let me just ask the cat. Do you think he should be able to use it? 
No? You need to save it for the next one. No. Yeah, okay. Right. Because I guess because it, it's not spell attack. It's not a spell attack, you see. No. That's the thing. If it had to roll an attack roll against you, then it would like be a ray of frost, now. then okay. I think that would be different. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, um, it's done that. Now, let's move over to the main cavern. A bug raft. You can hear the sound, a sort of skittering sound of movement, probably more than one or two people moving. Bug raft. You get the sense that something is happening off to your west, that in that area where this personage was seemed to be kind of creating some kind of spell effect, something has happened there. You Give me a perception check. Nine. You think that you've got more things to worry about than you had before. The hairs on the back of your neck go up a bit. You've got the sense that there is a new presence and you're not quite sure what it is but you don't you're just every instinct your danger sense yes is 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 kicking off big time finally alessandra and sessions can you give me perception checks please alessandra rolls a 22 that's enough don't worry about it sessions alessandra uh, from back the way you came oh no you pick up the sound of something, maybe more than one thing, trying to be quiet, moving through the water of the sewers. Excellent. Let them deal with the bloody mould. Behind us. Yeah, it's a pincer movement. And it is Bugcraft's turn. Right, I think you give me a pretty big hint that I should get the hell out of Dodge. You just get the sense that there's something new near you, something that has been brought into being near you. Purple and worm. you can't Invisible. see it. You can't see it, but as you wouldn't be able to because your your field of vision where you're standing wouldn't show you where you were before. It wouldn't take you f- much movement to be able to see that area clearly. In which case, you you know, but you've just it, it's just something nasty about what's going on. Something that makes the the hairs on the back of your neck go up. What smell? Sound? Aura? It's more of a spiritual. It's just a sense of. Darkness and evil. You mean a kind of devil or a demon? I mean, you don't you bugraft. You wouldn't know what that was. A demon. Was like. There's not the stench of the. Un- there's not the stench of undead. I'll tell you that. Bugraft knows the undead. Yeah. So it might I mean, be a demon. Biblically, in some cases. Burrowing creature, elemental. I don't know. But something. You just get the sense of a sort of looming, evil presence that wasn't there before and it is there now, and you feel like it's just around the corner from you in the chamber that you were in before that you just vacated so if i move five foot to the west i'd still be within uh i wouldn't have left the uh, naga's threatened squares and would That's i be able to peer right. into the ch- chamber then uh yeah Can you, I could, see? you could crane yes okay if you do that um you see a very strange creature you peer around the corner you see a very strange looking um, organism, I think is the best word to Jubilex. use. It looks like a, no, uh, I've used a kind of crazy figure there, token. It's like a pillar of yellow slime with a single malevolent eye. That single malevolent eye is looking at you, Bugraft, as you pop round the corner. You I'm, just I'm get the sense. To avoid the gaze of the eye. You don't know that that is an issue. You just think that you're looking at something that is from, I don't know, 
through the veil on the other side of the divide through the looking glass something that's not of your experience it just looks utterly alien Tonj is the eye of wisdom but that's really a sun god kind of sun deity kind of reference this doesn't look like it's anything like that this looks like it's something deeply unsettling demonic uh, you don't know really what demonic well, I've not met anything. I tell you what, the closest thing that, in terms of the the, the general feeling of an une- uneasiness and weirdness that this thing evokes in you, is do you remember in the chapel of Asmodee, the walls were kind of rippling yes. with giant human eyes? Yeah, it's that sort of sense. Anyway, this thing is looking at you, Bugruff. What do you want to do next, apart from shit your pants, which you do three times a day anyway? You are. Does it move? Look like it's fleet of foot. Or is it slithering? Give me a uh, an intelligence check. Uh, ten. Ten. You don't think that you can really make a judgment from its physiology about how fast it may or may not move. It may not be able to move at all. I mean, you can't see it's got legs. ambulatory limbs. Does it look like it would slither? If it was to move. Bounce. If it was to be able to move at all, since it doesn't have legs, you're guessing it was going to be able to have to either slither or bounce. You think probably bounce, almost certainly. Uh, I don't know what to do, you lot. Should I keep bashing the Naga or run away? How blooded is the Naga looking after? I mean, we've done a bit of damage on it. I would hit the Naga and move to your east, move away from that thing. If it's going to come after you it's going to be squeezing, which is going to halve its moves. You get a, just get out of its move so range. Maybe yeah, but 10, don't get an attack 20, opportunity. 25, 30, like that. Yeah. Yeah. But or, well, the trouble is just to get a lightning bolt if I'm not careful. Well, we can concentrate fire on it. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll go there and I'm going to bash the thing. This time... Mike, how damaged is the Naga looking? Um, give me a... Give me an intelligence check or a medicine check. 18 for my medicine. Yeah, okay. Uh, you think that it's looking uh, not yet bloodied. Okay, I'm just going to bash it anyway. Okay. So I'm at disadvantage now because I'm still poisoned. I mean, the Naga on its own, I was thinking we could cope with that, but then this thing as well. Uh, well, what are you going to do, Parker? Are you going to help me kill the Naga or are you, are you doing a retreat? Well, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're going to continue to hit it, then I will continue to. I'm going to come in to fight it on in my round. I'm just worried we're going to end up having. We've, well, we've got, got these things coming up behind us as well. Yeah. Well, we've got the three crossbow guys, and there's these also these two archers on the other side. We've got nowhere to retreat to. Trouble is, if we go in that, if we make a stand in that corridor, that Naga is going to lightly bolt through us all. I'm wondering about this fog cloud because it's not going to do any damage. They'll just climb down. Do a fog cloud near this weird devil, the demon thing. Yeah, but if they climb down, then that's easier to engage them, right? It depends if you're a monk or not, monk or a fighter. If you're if you're a wizard, wizardy bard, spellcaster, weedy wet, then uh, maybe not. I've got. Uh, see, what I'm thinking is there's, there's a spell called Enemies Abound, which is a third level, which is, you know, attack the nearest creature. The thing is, it's one of those things which is what's the tipping point. At the moment, we've got quite a lot of big stuff against us, but I think getting rid of the Naga would certainly help. 
will tip things yes. more in our favour. I, I agree with that, but um, not even bloodied was pre is pretty... It's taken 30-something points, isn't it? Yeah, but if we do another... If we've got Bograff doing a round, Parker doing a round, if Burble can somehow tart these three things down here, I can come in and do... Well, I can do some that. Damage. Yeah. I can do some damage on the Naga, because I can also, if Bograff stays within five foot, I can do a sneak attack on it from range. Oh, I could probably hang on for a few rounds. I mean, I've got 52 hit points, and I take half damage from each yeah. hit. So I can just stand there for a bit. Okay, well, so so I'll do the cloud thing at the top of the thing if you concentrate fire on the Naga. Right. I'm going to bash it, okay. the Naga, yeah. at disadvantage. First hit is a 18. Second hit is a... The hit uh, is 14. a miss. 14 is a miss. Second hit. Mm -hmm. 20. Oh, come on, do it, do it. Oh, it's going to be, be enough. Oh, 21. Damage. Yes. 18 points of damage. From the great sword, from the... Frost. Oh, uh, from the frost axe. It's your great axe of frost, isn't it? Yes. Okay, I mean, it, it, uh, it reels from that damage, but it's... You know, it's looking... Maybe it was quite close to bloodied. Maybe it's just going over the edge. You're not sure, Burple. Okay, Mike, the spell uh, that I was thinking, the Stinking Cloud, uh, mm -hmm. basically it says, you create a 20-foot radius sphere of yellow nauseating gas centered on a point within range. Mm -hmm. So can I center it there? The back of the alcove at the top. I think if you've climbed up a little bit, then yes. Do I have to be able to see the point? No, but I think you have to know the point. Yes. So, uh -huh. right. You can't think, imagining that the cave goes back that yeah. far. I'm going to imagine that I want my spell to be there. Okay. So, so uh, how you have far to get up far enough to... up? Ten feet. To, yeah, you'll be able to know about the back of the cave at that point. Okay. So I climb up ten feet, and then you cast. Is it got a verbal component? Yes. And I become visible at the time that I do it. Because oh, it's an it's an attack. It's a spell, and it's concentration. Oh, it's concentration. Oh, you see, these rules are very elegantly put together. But the rules around invisibility is if you cast a spell, so... Any spell. Oh, I thought it was only an attack. Uh, any spell. Oh, brilliant. So you're just going to appear. Yeah. I'm going to go, hi! <laughs> just appear on this top of this rope, like a yeah. kind of... Oh, excellent. Okay. I do the spell, which will be centred here. Now, I'm presuming, Mike, I'm presuming that it would behave like a standard 20-foot radius sphere, i.e., 10 foot on either side of the point is... Do you see what I mean? So if you imagine that... Is it a... Uh, oh, so you, mean, you, mean, you don't mean that you've got X amount of cloud and it all then just has to spill out to fill the space that it's got. No, You're saying it, that it, it's, it's going 20 to extend... Foot from yeah, the yeah, point. I understand. Yes, from I the point of centre. I, yeah, I kind of think that that must be... And I, I think, think it would be cruel. I think that it. means that the bottom five feet where I am... I'm 10 foot up, so I'm in the cloud. But, but mm. if when I drop back down again, mm. the bottom five feet will be clear of cloud. It won't reach the floor. So it's, sorry, is it 10 foot, ra 10 foot radius or 20 foot, foot radius? 20 foot radius. So it's 20 foot up. So it's filling everything, but it's up a bit. So the very base of the passageway is clear. I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah. That makes perfect and sense then to I, me. Then I drop back down. Yeah. Or climb back down. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't think I've got any Tell me about left. the spell. How does it work? What do I do? 
you create a 20-foot radius sphere of yellow, nauseating gas centered on a point within range. The cloud spreads around corners and its area is heavily obscured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cloud lingers in the air for the duration, which is up to one minute concentration. Each creature that is completely within the cloud at the start of its turn must make a constitution saving throw against poison. On a failed save, the creature spends its action that turn retching and reeling. Creatures that don't need to breathe or are immune to poison automatically succeed on this saving throw. Alessandra? Alessandra is going to do a move action, then a dash action. Most of... Uh, sorry, a dash action then most of a move action to take her through the squeezed passage yes up um, keeping her head down and avoiding keeping, the, yep. the, the stinking keeping cloud, her head yep. down scuttling along running out behind Parker yep. and then she's going to attack the Naga with the crossbow um, which is there in is range the Naga with the crossbow oh uh, I see uh, my crossbow uh, no Naga hasn't got your crossbow Hitting armor class 19. Oh dear. I mean, that's quite difficult because there's a little. Uh, I'm saying that's a boulder rather than a pillar. Armor class 19 is a hit. Armor class 19 is a hit. So she's going to do a initial damage of four, but then yes. she's sorry eight. But then she's got sneak attack of 17. So she's going to do oh, nice. 25 yes. in total damage. Very nice. Wow. Uh, Very it, nice. And it hisses and reels. Yep. And then for the last five foot of move, Alessandra's going to just tuck herself back behind into the kind of branch. Craven, Craven character. So not affected by a lightning bolt then, if it was... Yeah, Parker? That's good. Right, so this bit of river here. The approval of the master there, Paul. (laughs) I can't believe it. (laughs) Did you see that... um, uh, uh, the readers may have noticed this that on Twitter uh, Uncle Buggy's become a minor celebrity yep <laughs> although of course by the time this episode goes out this will all have he'll be a major celebrity done yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be on the grave he'll be making show. his uh, if he can dare to or, signature or move or he'll already have been demoted to appearing on Celebrity Big Brother yeah, or something Uncle like. Who yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it dirty is it dirty? Parker. Right, I'm going to move around to behind it, behind the Naga, and then I'm going to swipe, swipe strike him. Uh, you get a glimpse of this thing as you're um, yeah. scuttling north. Yeah, although well, I could deep, actually see it already from where I was standing. Yeah, it's deeply unsettling, yeah. Parker. Okay. It's got that single eye. It's like a weird, slimy column of horror. Right. Okay. That eye has got no... It's like a shark's eye, Parker. Mm -hmm. There's no... There's nothing behind it. It's just... It's something for looking. It's not something that's a window on any kind of soul. Lovely. Sauron. It's like a sensor rather than... (sighs) Jubilex. (laughs) Okay. So have a little shudder as I go past. Yeah, it's quite shuddery. Okay, anyway, do your worst against this. Back to, yes, I will try my worst. Oh, fuck's sake. Well, there we go. That's a long, I have to say, it's a long journey for very little. It's a long introduction to a round that's just ended. Have you already used your orc dice? I haven't. I'm going to use my orc dice because that's ridiculous. I've got to do that. It's pride. You'd love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waste your orc dice. You're going to waste your orc dice. Well, I've got three. No, 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 no. I'm going 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Both waste. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so well, it doesn't matter. First, you get one d eight and another one d six. Yeah, I get a one d six on that. Yeah. So that turns the five into a ten. ten. Plus six is sixteen. Oh bollocks! Yes, that's, that's a hit. Ha! Ah. Nice. Right. So that's first attack does. Five points of damage. <laughs> Five points of You're damage just going to laugh game. at everything that's below average now, aren't you? It's, it's not below average. average. Right, second attack. Yeah. It's oh. a critical. Oh, it's annoying. Uh, yes. Now, yes. good. No, I'm not going to gamble. Yeah. Life-changing amount of damage. No, no not. Okay. I'm going to do. It's three d. I get to roll the damage. Twice, 3d6 is 11, plus 3 is 14. 14, but this thing 14, is looking... 14, Yeah, this thing is looking very, very unhappy. And then the final Lucas, 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 wasn't is, Lucas, your dice are doubled, aren't they? How can you do 3? So I do Savage, so it's a critical hit. Yeah. So it's 1d6, critical hit is another d6, and I do savage attacks, which allows me to do another d another. Yeah, but all dice damage are doubled, double, don't they? And you're missing a d6. And you're missing a d6. You double precision damage. Graham? I think you double all roll damage, don't you? You've yeah, got another d6 yeah. to roll. Roll another d6. You're doing a sneak attack. Which you'll need anyway, because you just rolled a four with your third attack. I think the point where they're trying to make here, Lucas, is that you roll 2d6 damage, you roll 1d6 no, damage, roll which 1 you've D6 doubled, no, no, roll which you've doubled, and then you've rolled your other d6, your extra d6, which is your what? No, my unarmed strike has 1d6 plus 3. Yes. yes. Which So you roll 2d6 and add 3. So it's 2d6 and add 3, and my um, my savage attack allows me to roll yes. one an more dice of damage. Three an d6. extra d6. Oh, one more dice of damage when you do a critical an hit. An extra, yeah. Ah. Uh, Fine. Yeah, well, that is when you damage. when you do a cri- oh I see when you do yeah a when you do a critical hit yeah we're the ones oh, we're the silly okay. ones yeah and okay. Lucas is the correct one okay but we'll edit this all well I'll change all this so we'll make it sound better like for the rest of it yeah yeah Lucas Lucas sorry Lucas you've got this all the wrong way around that one dice is only when you do a critical hit yeah isn't that right yeah that's correct yeah that's yeah you don't get to double that extra dice okay you'll get you'll you'll grow into the character Lucas you really will okay so and then that third attack of Four. That's going to be a miss. Six is a ten in total. Ten is disappointing. Yeah. It lives, but honestly, it only just lives. It looks like it's clinging on. Right. Finish him off, somebody else. Well, that somebody else is going to have to be Sessions. Okay. And Uh, I'll give you (laughs) newsflash. It's not going to be. (laughs) (laughs) It might. You might Should be able to get there with your other guy. You, you double, fire something at it. Oh, what at the? Um, we're talking about. Oh, that up there. The Naga might die. This is so far away from Graham's experience that he's not. <laughs> some whispers. You, you expect me to do what? <laughs> move move forward quickly. Hang on. <laughs> One moment. Does he waddle? He, of course he waddles. Sessions waddles. You've yeah, got a beer gut. Yeah, he's huge. He's, I mean, he's, he's, he's enormous. A professional. Um, he's a sphere. drinker. I will summon my um, crushing coin on it. Yes. Okay. I mean, if this is. It might survive this. Let's see. It might survive. Uh, well, you know, I'm not too bad at attacking with my crushing coin. So I roll a nineteen oh. for a twenty-seven. Ooh, 
27 is a hit with a crushing coin. Yeah, you see, don't you take the piss out of the crushing coin? Probably won't kill it, mind you. Um, well, I'll just four. change the hit points if you do. Yeah, that's the obvious way of doing it. For yeah, uh, eight points of damage. Points of damage. Enough. Yeah, anything else? Well, I, I don't know. And then with my action, I'll do Toll the Dead on it. Oh, yes. okay, here yeah. we go. This is a biggie. Nice. Right, Troll the range. DC Tell me about this. Wisdom, DC 14. Okay, it's got a decent wisdom save. I'm not going to lie. Rolling a 16. Oh. I'm very sorry it it absolutely aces that save. Having said that, doesn't that does it take any damage or does it no, half damage? Or? The Naga looks annoyed. <laughs> it looks surrender. It looks like its grip on life is uh, super precarious. It hisses at you and it disappears. It's oh, flash! It's invisible. Of light. They don't teleport. Does a kind of whoop, goes. Gone. You're left standing there, looking at nothing. Let's um, turn our attention to the ledge. The total ledge. Right, Burple, tell me about my people on the ledge. What have I got? They all have to make poison saving throws. Or die! Okay, no, first really. one makes a save. Second one fails the save. Okay. Third one fails, fails its save. Okay, tell yes, me about what happens to me. Well, they die. They die, basically. They fall <laughs> they? down. Yeah, yeah. They expire instantly. Heads, their heads explode. <laughs> um, uh, so, basically, they are retching and reeling. They're poisoned. They are retching and reeling. On a failed save, the creature spends its action that turn retching and reeling. Ugh. I can't do anything. Disappointing. Okay. I'm sure for one first edition, it would be die, wouldn't it? The one that saved is going to shoot Those bloody well days. burple. It's obscured. It can't well, see me. Well, it can hope. Obscured means it's at disadvantage. It's not going to be enough. Its area is heavily obscured. And we know what that means, don't we? Uh, do we? <laughs> uh, it means that it needs to know where you are to target you, and then if it does, it's rolling at disadvantage. Yes? It doesn't matter, because, what, 17 is not going to hit, is it, Purple? Uh, 17 is my armor class. Oh, okay. Well, it's a disadvantage, so it has to roll again, but you never know my luck. No, I do know my luck. <laughs> it's not it leans over the edge in the in the cloud with a rough idea about where you are, looses its crossbow at you generally, and somehow hits you for uh, six points of piercing damage, and you must make a DC 13 constitution save. Six points of damage, and the DC <laughs> Constitution is plus one. Okay, it's not great. It's not looking great, Michael. Michael, isn't it? It's not, not looking did. great. No. Oh, damn! That's so terrible news. I've rolled a. I've rolled a seven. He's come to see me. He said it's not great. No, it's. I'm going to use my art dice. You're going to use your art dice. I'm going to use my art dice. Yeah. He said to me. He came round. He said to me, "It's not great, Michael. I'm going to have to use my art dice." <laughs> <laughs> That's a nine. That's a nine plus. Nine. That's a fifteen. That's a fifteen with the old eyes. And as it turned out, it all turned out right in the end. We went down the road for a French fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still taking the damage though, so I've got to make a concentration check, don't I? As soon as he got home, he rang me. 
<laughs> he said, I know it seemed everything went right, but it got home. Turns out I've got to make a concentration check on that. <laughs> really going to go in on Wednesday. Uh, it's fine. But then it turned out it was fine. I made the concentration check. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to go down with the Norwegians, isn't it? Right, okay. Vagraft and Parker. 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 You hear a weird noise. Vagraft and Parker. Uh, you hear the sound... I can only describe it as the sound of something that was once semi-solid becoming uh, deliquescent. Uh, deliquescent? Sublimating. <laughs> it's the sound of... Ice becoming steam in a second. It's the tear on a kitten's cheek. It's the glowing rainbow on a spring morning. There's a sort of... noise. And from where this thing was, uh, I'm going to use the same figure, but it doesn't look like it used to. (laughs) Uh Okay. What's it look like now? It looks like a cloud of evaporated piss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay it looks like it's Johnny uh, if it is the same thing it may be something that this thing has emitted but I'm using the same token to represent it but between these two rock pillars bloobling towards you it looks like there's a sort of crazy cloud of toxic mist and you can feel your whole being's kind of repelled at the sense of this cloud that's coming towards you it feels like distilled evaporated toxic evil uh-huh. uh, it's also spreads uh, it's larger than the uh, the form that you think has spawned it maybe not large enough to encompass you both it enters the area where you've been fighting the naga and it settles over you. You feel the kind of demonic, toxic, gaseousness of it start to start to infect you. And we will find out what that means for the fortunes of Parker and Bugraft next week. Here we go again. Uh, <laughs> it really has gone up another level. I feel like the whale. No, the, the plant pot. The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Hall of Harsh Reflections and Age of Worms are copyright by Zoe. The Hall of Harsh Reflections was written by Jason Bullman. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening.